Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. So funky. <laughs> Welcome to another episode of Small Doses, guys. Today, we are getting into side effect of being woke. Now I know woke is overused, but it worked for the title. Okay. And also because at the end of the day, like people still know what that means, right? The people who are using it in the proper way know that woke simply means being aware and being conscious of what needs to be changed and challenged in our social sphere to create equality and to end discrimination. Would you agree? Absolutely. That is our guest for today, Kendrick. My shirt's always open, Samson. And he's also Kendrick, I be at every activist movement, Samson. And that is why he is here, because I do a lot of talking, I do a lot of donating, and I do my best. But Kendrick be physically on the front lines whenever he can, and it is very admirable. And we're going to talk more about it on People I Like. But first, let's drop a couple jams. Jam dropping. Jam dropping. Jam dropping. We're dropping on these hoes. Ah, the wokery. You know, we see it all the time on these internets. Folks who go from being woke to being problematic. We saw it in this season, that is season two, of Dear White People. When our girl Joelle, my boo Ashley Blaine Featherson, realized, Hold up! Are you a hotel? No! We're gonna gen drop. The difference between conscious versus hotep. Now, for one to be conscious, it's simply just stating that you are not fooled by the foolery. And there is a whole lot of that going on. I mean, let's not even get into the realities of this whole concept of uh, alternative facts. The fact that that was literally introduced as like a thing when it's literally just a synonym for lying, lying that lets you know the state of the world where we are. But if you are a black person in particular, you have grown up being lied to simply just by existing in the regular school system. You're lied to by omission. Okay? Like, we never were taught about, like, slave uprisings. We were never taught about, like, the true realities behind Martin Luther King's messaging. We were never really taught about Malcolm X. Like, all of this extra stuff you kind of had to, like, find out either in your home or through other means of education. A lot of us, not even until we got to college, did we really get to understand, like, the true um, inner workings of what this system and what this country and what the history of this place has done for to and continues to do for black people. And that extends beyond just black people. I mean, let's not even get into the realities of what it is meant to be Asian in this country, what it is meant to be uh, Latino in this country, and and what it has meant to be a cat in this country. Lando just wanted to chime in just as an animal. But also, I mean, let's who has taken the biggest L in this country? We all know. The Native Americans, okay? They've taken the biggest L in this country, the indigenous people of this land, completely just set aside, cast away, and uh, put upon by a bunch of greedy motherfuckers. And we were not taught about that in that way. You know, so I feel like there's a certain level of consciousness that is rooted in the fact that you have educated yourself and are aware of the fact that there are false truths that have been ingrained in this society and that you are working to challenge them and to change them. When you delve into hotepery or notepness, as I call it, or as some of us simply just call it as being a hotep, hoteps are folks who use that consciousness as a foundation upon which to create new falsehoods new lies and new problematic paradigms and therefore they are no better than the oppressors that they seek to fight can i say that again they are no better than the oppressors that they seek to fight this is a very important distinction to make 
Because when we are able to acknowledge these things, we're able to see who really is about solution, who is about change. When you have people who are now using the foundation of consciousness to create more divisiveness, they're hoteps. When you have people who are using the foundation of consciousness to create more patriarchy, they're hoteps. When you have people who are, create, who are using the foundation of consciousness to create more oppression for fringe groups, for... Uh, for for supplant for suppression of identity, for suppression of feminism, all of these things, that's hoteps. And we see it quite often. You know, it's hoteps who say that I am not uh, sexually attractive because I have an opinion. Those are hoteps. It's hoteps who say that gay people are ruining our children and ruining black America. Those are hoteps. It's hoteps who continue to carry forth messaging that is harmful to simply just wanting to be able to be an individual with your own choices that don't hurt anybody and that also allow you to have equal rights with everybody. Now, I think this is very important to to acknowledge because we are in a place now in a time and space where basically everybody can have a platform. You know, all you got to do is have Wi-Fi and you can have a platform. And so in doing so, you have to acknowledge that people are going to be listening to what you're saying. People are going to be responding to what you're saying. People are influenced by what you're saying. And so you have to be conscious of what you're saying. And that consciousness is something that I take very, very seriously. That's why I get so goddamn irritated when folks try to insinuate for even a second that I'm lacking consciousness, especially even in my silence. You know, I think that we have to acknowledge that some things don't need to be spoken on right away. Some things actually take time. Some things actually take processing. And some things actually require research. And I think that oftentimes when we have a certain level of consciousness, people think like, oh, that means you're supposed to respond immediately. Case in point, Donald Glover's video for uh, um, This Is America. When This Is America came out, everybody was like down my throat because they were like, why, why aren't you talking about, about it? Aren't you supposed, supposed to be conscious? conscious? Aren't you supposed to be conscious? conscious? And it's like, okay, I am conscious. That's how I know the goddamn video is out. But that doesn't change the fact that my consciousness means that I know when I need to take a step back. I know when it's time to be thoughtful um, in, a, in a whole other level of patience. I know when silence is actually a better stance for me. And I think the frustrating part of these internets is that you have all people that are coming in from different entry points of perspective, different entry points of information, different entry points of ego, etc. And they all feel like everything that they're saying is the right thing that needs to be said. And I think a lot of us understand like what's good for somebody else is not good for us. And I think that's a big part of being conscious is being aware of the fact that there are individuals and there are like groups of people that have had different experiences and different levels of oppression and different levels of privilege, different levels of greatness, different levels of talent, of worth, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And so you have to be able to acknowledge like, okay, when we're speaking about those people and what's going on in those groups, I have to apply the specificities of those people and those groups. Hoteps seek to undermine those realities. Hoteps are basically rooted in ego. And at the end of the day, it doesn't mean that you have to just be a man to be a hotep. There's plenty of pick-me women out here supporting this goddamn foolery as well. Hoteps will sell you the notion that you shouldn't challenge any black man or any black person to their actions because that's undermining the black man. Hoteps will tell you that you saying that you want to be a part of upliftment and empowerment by challenging and critiquing black men to challenge and critique themselves is you being a part of the the white oppressive mind state. Get the fuck out of here, B. Hoteps are incredibly detrimental. Because they do not understand the realities of the change that has been happening for quite some time amongst especially women in this world. And they also fail to understand that there is a way that the world is, there's a way that the world should be, and there's a way that the world may be that you want it to be. And those things don't always align. And that's what consciousness is about. Consciousness is about knowing the difference, the distinct difference between those three things. And knowing that there are things that you can do to change those things. And there's things that you maybe can't do. But at the end of the day, everyone has a right to their happiness as long as they ain't fucking up somebody else's. And I don't know about y'all, but I feel like hoteps be making up their business. They be waking up like... (sighs) Who am I going to fuck with today? (laughs) 
I feel like we got some really good questions for the DMTs this time. I really do because y'all know that this is a this is a topic that I hold near and dear. You know, the word woke, like we said, it's kind of like overused, but it doesn't change the reality. Like it's a, it's a state of being, it's a consciousness. I mean, I remember when I was, you know, coming up in hip hop in like the early 2000s. I mean, that was the whole thing. Conscious rap. Conscious rappers, you know, like the whole roster of raucous records, you know, and you have like most deaf and Talib Kweli, who, you know, who else is a black star? Who, me, and we, shining and shining, because they rising and rising, you know, and all that. They're doing songs called like Knowledge of Self Determination, you know, and then you have Common and Dead Prez, and there was all this conversation around that. And now you have like cats like Jay, you know, J. Cole and Kendrick and. It's become like more mainstream to be quote unquote conscious, you know, put big crit in there as well. And I think all it really is is about is just like people rapping about a, an experience that's broader than just their own specific unique experience, right? And I think that that's what like gangster rap came from. It's like, this is the shit that I'm dealing with and I'm only talking about me. Whereas consciousness was like, this is not only what I'm dealing with, but this is how like how this ended up being the thing I'm dealing with and this is like the things that trickle down to create a bigger problem for other people, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And it's the same thing with like comedy. You know, I feel like a lot of people do comedy to make people laugh. I do comedy to make people think. So I guess like you could consider me like a conscious comic. <laughs> I'm going to start wearing only can take cloth on stage. <laughs> that's, that's that. But when it comes to uh, being woke, you know, especially in like the social media space, I think it's really important that we reference that space because it's, it has become a very unique space for idea exchange and for conversation. And we've literally seen like revolutions. I mean, Tahrir Square in Egypt started because of like the use of Twitter and the internet. And, you know, when we see how things went down in Ferguson, et cetera, it's like information exchange that's happening via these social networks and the interwebs is a different aspect of how we are looking at change. I always say the one difference between now and the civil rights movement and every other movement that came before us is the internet. There's no difference in, I don't think that there's a really a difference in anger. I don't think there's, an, a, dif, there's a difference in terms of uh, awareness that there needs to be changed. I don't think there's like a, a conceptual difference. I think it really is just the tools at hand. So the, the wokeness that takes place in the internet space um, can be doozifying. And I'm curious to see if you guys, any, yes, doozifying is a term I've coined. Uh, it means doozy. First question. Do you get tired of being the spokesperson, constantly having to educate folk, especially when people really just want to debate? Yes and no. I mean, I think that there's like certain purposes that we're brought here for. And I feel like one of mine is literally just to like be an educator to a certain extent. But to your point, like when people just want to debate, it's like. I get so lo- like I for I like have to realize that sometimes I don't realize that that's what they really want to do, and so then I get caught up in an exchange with like someone who's fucking Avi is a zebra, and I'm just like, damn it, like I'm I'm arguing with a zebra. It's it's just ah, you know, and it really is me coming from a place of like I just want to like get people to stop being dumb, you know, and. I do think that like a lot of folks have a lot of willful ignorance. I do feel like a lot of folks have been brainwashed by a system and I want to wake them the fuck up. And sometimes I get like genuinely just like frustrated with the folks who are so rooted in just like being wrong. And then folks will be like, well, who are you to think you're right? Trust me. I'm right. Trust Trust me. Like, I'm a lot of other things, but I'm also right like 90% of the time. And I don't think y'all know how annoying that is. Okay. Because it's really like a curse. It's ignorance is bliss. Because when you write and you on this internet, ugh, you're gonna be stressed. You're gonna be stressed. I be knowing doesn't come from like a place of ego. That comes from a place of pressure. Next question. Since you've been open about your anxiety, do you ever find yourself getting woke fatigue? <laughs> Uh, or increased anxiety as a result of all the bad in the world. I definitely feel that ever so often. I mean, I think it's just like we see, especially recently, like, you know, I I had to stop um, waking up and looking at my phone first. I literally saw a meme. (laughs) Brandon loves when I say this. I I saw a meme meme that said, uh... Y'all waking, waking up, up and, and looking, looking at your phone, phone don't even know if your legs can work yet. <laughs> like, you don't even know if you can physically walk, but you looking at your Instagram. And I was like, wow, that, that does sound really ridiculous. 
And I had to catch myself because I definitely do that dumb shit every day. Like, it's like I wake up and I think about life for two seconds. I'm like, but what's up with these DMs, though? And that's not a way to live. And so what I've done now is I've started making myself like I get up. I just make sure that there's like no like immediate text or emails that I have to reply to respond to. But I get up and I stretch and I, you know, just take in the world first. And then I will look at my phone. Yo, but the first night, the first morning that I did that, I had to like really like stop myself. Like it was actually difficult. But I think it's so important because the first thing that comes up in my phone a lot of times is like this is the latest black person who has been attacked, you know, by the police or by a racist person or who had the cops call them. This is the latest child who's being reunited with their parent after being broken apart from them for three weeks by this fucking Trump ass administration. You know, this is the latest example of police brutality. I mean, you know what I'm saying? Like, it's like that's the first thing that you take in in the morning. And it's like it's kind of it sets it sets your mind state in emotion. Um, that is about like stress from day from the minute you wake up. And it's not like you can get away from those negativities, but I do feel like I've had to do better at tempering them and at, at, at being um, at being conscious of how conscious I am of them at all times because I can't do anything about a lot of them in a, in a micro way. Right. In a macro way, it's like we can continue to encourage people to stay hopeful and continue to encourage people to stay educated and continue to encourage officers who claim to be good cops to challenge the cops that are bad cops. And, you know, continue to encourage people to go out and vote, get out to dethrone these problematic district attorneys and these problematic judges. And, you know, like we can do that. But my anxiety comes in the fact that like sometimes it feels like it's just not enough. You know, sometimes it feels like I'm just like talking to a wall. Sometimes it just feels like I'm talking to a bunch of people that don't want to overcome. And I think that's like the biggest feeling. Like you're building an arc for folks who don't want to board but are afraid to learn how to swim. Mm, That got deep real quick. But that's how it be feeling sometimes. And that's when the anxiety comes in. And then, you know, you have these little moments that save your day. You know, like when you see, like, all these young men that are saved in, the, in Thailand and how everybody came together to build them, you know, to break them out of that cave. And you're just like, all right, we're, we're okay. You know, I follow a site called The Dodo on Instagram. And it's just all animal rescues. And, I mean, if you're trying to get your day better, watch them save a dog. Okay. Watch them like save a watch them save a deer that fell in a ditch and they got to get this deer out. And these three rednecks who probably Probably will call call you nigger. But at that moment, they're focused on this deer. (laughs) They get that deer out. Yeah, they do. Mm hmm. Doe a deer, a female deer. Red, a drop of golden sun. Me, a neighbor, I call myself fall. A long, long way to run. And then you have like stuff like that happen because you really do have joy in your heart. You know? <laughs> I have joy in my heart. And I think the biggest part is like I have that anxiety happen. I have that part, that that frustration happen. But I don't know, man. Somehow I came in this world with some extra pocket of joy. You know how you have that jacket that has that little pocket and you're like, what's that pocket for? Is that for weed? Or is that for like my microphone in case I need to be an informant into a, you know, a government it's situation, whatever it is, my pocket is like a little bit of joy. And uh, that's why I keep mine. So I need a pull and thread. I know to follow some. Don't worry me if I saw that tea. Tea to drink with jam and bread. And that will bring us back to bring us back to bring us back to do yeah next question is there really such a thing as being too woke absolutely some of y'all are so woke you're sleepwalking okay you're awake in a dream it's wokeception spin the totem let it fall some of y'all are so woke that you forget when to laugh, okay? Some of y'all are so woke that you forget when to be like, man, fuck that shit. You gotta fuck that shit, certain things. 
know what I mean? Like, not everything is worth commenting on. Trust me, I'm too woke sometimes. And people have to be like, it's not that deep. Now, the reason why I do comment on certain things where people be like, it's just a joke, is because jokes are 60-40, minimum. Meaning, 60 truth, 40, 40 joke. Or, 60 joke, 40 truth. And you have to know the difference. Sometimes, though, that should be 90 truth, 10% joke. And you're looking at somebody trying to act like it's a joke when really they're saying what they really mean. And that can really be problematic when you see someone like pushing um, misogynist agendas or racist agendas. This is how you get comics to show up to open mics and be like, oh, you know, it's just a joke. And it's like, no, you actually just offended literally everyone in the room. Like, there's a Jewish person, a gay person, a black person, and a dog. And you managed to literally offend all of us because you thought it was like a joke. No. So like there is a way to be too woke. I think that a certain level of too woke is literally just like kind of living in a conspiracy theorizing kind of mind state that isn't really practical or helpful for your daily life. And that can get you in, you know, just a depression. It can get you in a place of anxiety that you can't get out of. And it's like you can't do anything. Too woke is simply like when you get to a point where like you know so much that you can't process it within the space and time within which we live. That's how people end up committing suicide. That's how people end up going crazy. You know what I'm saying? Like, I feel like Paul, Paul Robeson, unfortunately, just he just became too woke. You know, his brain just like, it's just like it had so much insight and input information. He didn't have a ways and means to deal with it and manage it with the people around him and with the society that we live in. He went to Russia and they like took his passport. And you know what I mean? It was just like it was just too much. And as artists, that can that can really, really, really happen because artists already have a certain brain setup. And then if you're a genius, like your brains are your, your brains on some other like twitchy shit at that. So you're already walking a line. And if you cross that line and you fall over into the black abyss of, of wokery, you may not come back out. I always tell people, like, be careful how deep you dive in because you may need to come back up for air. And you want to make sure that you have people around you that can be like, hey, 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 hey. come on, come on. I think we all do it in the, in the, in the, in the thirst for knowledge and the quest for in the quest for awareness and in the in the hopes of being a part of influencing change, we all do. We all get into that space, you know. But it's like you got to come back. I always say, and I said it earlier in the show, and I'll say it again. There's the world we live in. There's the world we would like to live in. And then there's the world we should live in. And none of those things are in your individual control. Last question. I know the feeling of being woke, but it's a struggle when you're around people that don't get you and you feel alone and they look at you like you cry, cry, crazy. He typed cray, cray, crazy. How would you deal with or react to a situation like that? I've said this on this on the cast before. It's like sometimes it's like, <laughs> don't change what you're saying. Ch- change who you're saying it to. Um, you know, in those situations, I mean, that's what it is to be on the internet so often. It's like you're talking to a bunch of people who... <laughs> for all intents and purposes, don't have the same access to information as you, but yet want to tell you that you're wrong. And that's when things go from a debate to an argument, you know? And it's like, that's when people will be like, oh, you, Amanda, you don't even want to answer people because you feel like you're above them. It's like, no, it's not that I don't feel, it's not that I feel like I'm above them, but how they have approached this conversation has made it explicitly clear that they're not coming with facts. I'm coming with facts. I'm only saying the shit in the first place because I know. So why would I even have a conversation with them outside of that? That don't mean they don't got to have sense. And it's like when you're in that situation, I feel like it sounds like to me like you're at a dinner with friends and you're saying something that is obvious. And yet everyone around you is like, what? I went to a similar dinner with Katy Perry and Caitlyn Jenner. And I'm just like, is anyone is everyone going to really pretend like like me saying that Donald Trump could go the, the the direction of Hitler. It's like, is that is that really so fucking far-fetched? Really? Because I, I don't know if y'all were there when they said that, oh, Barack Obama could go the direction of Hitler. I'm always amazed. You know, I feel like, you know, you you sound like somebody who's like me, where you're like, you, you looking around like, so y'all just, y'all just gonna act like nothing, like none of this should ever happen? And I think we can feel gaslit in those situations. And when you're in a situation like that, the best thing to do, in my opinion, is to either shut it up, leave, or play Candy Crush. Because you don't want to waste your energy. One of the key gifts of wokeness, key components of wokeness, is knowing who's awake and who you can wake up. Because you do not want to expel all your energy 
trying to shake somebody into consciousness who's already gone. So today on People I Like, as you heard at the top of the episode, we have Kendrick Sampson. You know, Kendrick and I met under very mysterious circumstances that will eventually be revealed, but not today. But you all know Kendrick from How to Get Away with Murder. Kendrick be acting. Vampire Diaries. You be acting. But you more so than the acting, you be activisting. Ooh. You verbed it. Yeah, I did. Because that is what black people do with words. I'm proud of you. Kendrick is um is is an actor, but he's also low key hilarious, and also he can sing, but he won't. And I have an issue with it, and we have a long standing uh, feud about this because he'll like do shit. Like if you're singing Happy Birthday, he'll be like, he'll be like Happy Birthday, and he'll be like to you, and you're like, whoa, whoa, whoa! I heard I heard it in there, and you're like, he's like, nah, nah, you ain't heard shit. I said to you, and you're like, no, I heard I heard you croon, you crooned. There was croonery. I heard it. And he's like, nah, my brother be singing, though. My brother be singing. And so, like, I feel it. I know it's there. It's within his spirit. And I really felt like when he didn't show up to Smart, Funny, and Black on time and we had to do the show last minute with Robert Glasper, that it was a perfect time for me to hold it over his head and be like, all right, this is what you have to do to make up for it. I need you to sing New Editions, <laughs> Can You Stand the Rain? But I didn't because I'm a good person. Instead, I just said, you got to yeah, take me to dinner. So... <laughs> That's that, because I never eat, and it forces me to eat. So Kendrick, more so than just his <laughs> his front and ass ability to sing, it really is an exemplification of the kind of uh, artists and creatives that really help give Hollywood purpose beyond just making like you know TV shows and movies that we can entertain ourselves with. And I think that a lot of us look to folks with platforms to use them to like advance messaging and to create change and to actually like be a part of uh, challenging a system that is oppressive. And oftentimes we're let down. You know, oftentimes we're let down by these folks. But then you have people like Kendrick who kind of just always impresses even when he puts up like pictures of himself being a modely ass nigga he will still <laughs> under the picture be like sign this petition so we can have prison reform in california and it's like we i call that um what did i call it thirstivism thirstivism so it's a thirst trap but it's thirst trapptivism okay he is trapping you with thirst into activism and i think it's noble <laughs> Did you just snort? <laughs> I think it's noble. How did so? Okay, were you always like this? Like, were you the kid that was like, "We need to stand up for better lunch"? Like, the school lunches always have stale milk. Uh, yeah, something like that. But it was, I was always, it was always more selfish than that. I was like, you know, my theater um, program was actually really good, but it was really racist. You're from and, Houston. Yeah. Did I'm you go to HSPBA? No, 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 no. I no. I would have had to pay for that. Oh, okay. My mom was like, "Nah, I ain't paying for you." But um, <laughs> she supported me outside, but not in HSPBA. Okay. Uh, and you had to be within the HSD limits. Anyway, anyway, so I I went to Elkins High School and um in Fort Bend County and okay, take horse. Take We'll be in we'll be in Houston with Smart Funny and Black on August thirteenth. Damn. Hey, everybody got to go out and get that. <laughs> it was funny. It was funny. I was even, I watched it. Because I was so late. And I, but I enjoyed it. Thank and it was you. funny as hell. Even, yeah. So, mm -hmm. so, um, yeah, I, I, they, they was racist. It, and I would go to the principal and be like, this is racist. This is why. Why do we, why can we only do August Wilson? Why can't, why does it? You know, mm, why can't we do the be? crucible? Why? Right. And why does why are you trying to make things race specific in high school? Like you don't have the pool of actors to cast from like just we can like, just do our town and have everybody be whoever. Exactly. Um, and so I would have to do I, I did a lot of that and and tried to bring a step team after our step team was disbanded and could only be through ROTC because it was unsafe and pro unsafe and probably a gang like high school step teams and fraternities and sororities were looked at as like gangs. What kind of school, school is this? 
Oh yeah, we had high school dance teams were looked at. What is this? The Jets? Well, you know, it's a dance team of black people. So. I know, but they're acting like this is like West Side Story. Yeah, it's it was pretty bad. So I I did that a lot, but I didn't ever look at it as activism. And when I start came out to L.A. when I was eighteen, I started writing scripts and trying to. One, make sure that I wasn't doing... Because most of the stuff available to me was like a drug dealer going to jail or, you know, that kind of thing. Mm -hmm. So making sure that I wasn't... You could be Jeremy Meeks. I mean, he comes up in a Google search of your name. That is... Yeah, that's accurate. Yeah, that's true. (laughs) So in the lifetime lifetime intimate portrait. That's the only one I'll actually agree with that one. That one's actually true. Um, I don't know how interesting that story would be, but uh, I think... He just married like an heiress. He did. And I I would imagine... People keep talking about Black China and I'm like, and Meghan Markle. And I'm like, did you see what he did? The ultimate hustler. I'm I'm proud of him. Like he secured the bag. He literally inserted it into someone's body yeah. and secured the bag. I hope that, you know, his his child's mother is all taken care of. Um, better be. Right. Um, and the children or else. The ones he had before this joint. Yeah. Correct. It, it, yeah. Right. Yeah. yeah I forgot yeah. about the new. Yeah. So, but anyway, um, I digress. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I, I, uh, I tried not to, um, I tried to not to go out on, out on any auditions, even with nothing on my resume that was going to be degrading to the, to people of color. Um, how'd that work out? For the most part, it, like yeah. I still have the same the thing is I had a black agent. She was an assistant at the time, but my white agents, um, I love them to death. But, you know, they would say they would say when I booked something that she sent me on it, Fatmata Kamara. Um, and now she's at CAA and, you know, she's she was the only black agent at Abrams. What's her name? Fatmata Kamara. I thought I knew every black person at CAA. Fatmata Kamara, I'm coming for you. She just moved over. Um, to not, CAA? Not too long ago, yeah. Oh, she just got there? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, that's why I haven't this met her yet. Well, yeah. Okay, Fatmata, I'm coming to see you. She's amazing. And I wanted, you know, people of color on my team, and I was very strategic about that. But she came into my life without me being strategic and as an assistant was submitting me. Dope. Um, and so she understood, and I didn't have to explain slavery to her every time <laughs> I didn't want to do a role. <laughs> Uh, you know wait please let's role play real quick so explain slavery to me i'm your agent um so kendrick we've got this role uh where you'll be playing an individual named samson uh and samson is it it's it's it takes place in detroit in 2037 and slavery has been reinstated, and your character has been brought back from time. It's called <laughs> the movie is called Necropocalypse. Oh. And your character is brought back from time to lead an uprising because slavery is back in full effect. Oh. Yeah, okay, so here's the thing about that is that's a it's impossible for slavery to come back mm. because it didn't ever leave. Uh, uh, so, okay. this like, is, is this a this is an interesting take? Okay. It's, it's, so, like, you know, slavery just kind of morphed into Jim Crow and arresting black people for no reason to put them back on the plantation of which this morning they found a hundred bodies in Sugarland, Texas, my hometown, which was not a proud moment for me. Um, but so is this something that you're like read about or is this like is this like something you saw like in a mo- or is this this nope, is it's real oh, it's real it's real stuff it's yes. real stuff and then you know so it just morphed into the mass incarceration you know industrial complex and um and you know it's still going on today and you know they're using immigrants and brown and black people for slavery free labor or they pay them pennies um huh so you don't want to go out. I don't think I should. I, I'm, I'm just thinking maybe there's another project that might be better suited for me. Because, you know, then I will have to explain all this to the casting director and the writer and maybe the director. And, you know, okay. then they might not want me to do this project. Um, right. And okay. then I don't know the title. 
title yeah, is a I little think it's problematic. Still it's a working. It's a working title. Yeah. Yeah. I yeah. Mean, it might be indicative of like the people that wrote it and maybe some problems with. Okay. Yeah. All right. Well, we have another one that we'll uh, send your way. Uh, we just got the sides in for Negroes with Emotions, which is part two <laughs> to the NWA film. Whoa. So make sure that yeah. you N submit words, that to Fatmata first. N words with emotions. N words with emotion. Yeah, because Negroes is, is the N word that white people can't say. So I was just saying that, but it God. really is. I you know I respect I respect your yeah. your culture and your ethnicity. Oh. So I leave the double G's out. Thank you so much. Anytime. Thank you. Jeez, it's not, yeah, just yeah don't but this is real. Send that to me. What did you say? I said, yeah, just don't send that just to me. Just don't send that. <laughs> Fair enough. Fair enough. I, but I can understand that, like, you know, but when you. Follow up the NWA. Anyway, go ahead. <laughs> but when you got. So when did it morph into, like, you being so involved in, like, on the ground stuff? Because I know, like, when I first got to L.A., I was really like, yeah, I want to be more involved in organizing and activism. And I just kept having such a hard time with, like, finding groups that were, like, actually doing stuff. Like, and I would be, like, trying to set up shit and, like, go shit. And people would just be flaking. And I'm like. How how can I be more effective? And so it ended up where I just felt like, well, man, I can always depend on myself, so I'm going to just, like, use my platform. But I see that you, and especially, like, Matt McGorry, who's my favorite woke white, that you guys be out and about. Yeah. I mean, I guess it got more involved right before, I think right before How to Get Away with Murder, which was 2015. Um and to be, unfortunately, I can't remember which death catalyzed it. Uh, Damn. Uh, poli uh, police brutality, because we organized a march, and I, I completely, I don't know if it was Mike Brown, I Can't Breathe, I don't know if it was... Sandra Bland. I mean, not, yeah. not excuse me, Eric Garner. Alton um, Sterling. Uh, I Can't Breathe, Mike Brown, or... Yeah, I don't know which one. Yeah. Um, but uh, I remember afterwards... I think it was Eric Garner um, because I remember a bunch of people wearing tape over their mouth and saying I can't breathe that said I can't breathe and um, just trying to figure out I was being more subversive at that time trying to like interview undercover cops and like you know see what how they possibly couldn't think there was a problem and if they would tell me off the record that there was a problem and you know, trying to flip and infiltrate mm -hmm. and um, not be seen as angry black man um, and be so vocal about it. And then I just kind of said, fuck it. And I was just like, I gotta, I can't, I can't stay it. silent. Yeah, yeah, I can't stay silent about it. So I started using my platform more and more, um, my social media on social media and looking for groups, like you said, you know, seeing, trying to organize people and then they wouldn't show up and, and all that. And then connected with Black Lives Matter. And then, um, and th this group we tried to organize of a bunch of black celebrities, um, which was interesting. And, uh, <laughs> When they didn't, you know, yeah. Anyway. Uh, yeah because but, folks don't want to jeopardize, quote unquote, their brand no. or jeopardize their relationships, quote unquote. That's the only reason why the Caitlyn Jenner thing popped off so crazy is because I basically like said some shit that most people really just wouldn't say because they're I afraid. Loved. Oh, Kendrick. I said, hold up. I'm <laughs> not seeing the hand. <laughs> 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 um, the pimp hand. But yeah, I mean, like saying those things that people are uncomfortable with, and just going for it, and and you know, realizing that people can't stay. Quiet. Do people question you because your mother is white and you're light skin and you have light eyes? Because I I be getting all that, even though I have a black mother <laughs> and <laughs> brown eyes. Yep. I've heard uh, that. Like, but what on is, your side? Oh, you, um, oh but, got it. Got but it. Um, they don't question you because you're fine. No, That's no, the no. They definitely question me. Um, and you know, it's like a light skin guilt, or is it like you know, like a bunch of interesting uh, questions? I've I actually even had um, some editors, some uh, one prominent editor in particular. Um, say that I sounded like somebody grew up who grew up with a white mom and played chess or something like that, and 
and really wanted to make it like make up down. for yeah it was something something and and then people started attacking her on twitter nice but good. um but uh, and she like deleted it but i screenshot it but um <laughs> i want to see it <laughs> but you know i yeah i've i've definitely people have i had people in high school make up rumors that my mom wasn't white that i was just saying that just to oh. to have some sort of that's more a reflection of them like than you. Yeah, I've had some pretty bizarre ones, but um, for the most part, I think you know we always remember the crazy comments. We always remember the negative comments. But I will I've say, literally said that on the last episode. Overwhelmingly, so I get a lot of positive. I get a lot of positive and support, especially from people that don't want to do activism. Because they want to, you they want to smash. No, 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 <laughs> y'all. I was, I was live on Kendrick's Instagram one time for all of twenty minutes, and the amount of DMs I got, like, "Girl, what you doing? Well, you need to be dating him. Did he smash? Do you smash? Do y'all smash?" I'm like, "Relax, relax. I mean, we're pretty. Like, that's a fact. But relax." <laughs> Please. It's true. But it's true. It would yeah, be they're good. on him. It's the light eyes. You, well, you're you're giving us like <laughs> I was about to Uh-oh. say something so wild. <laughs> I'm scared. You are, but you are, you know, because you're like the um. How do I put it? I'm so scared. No, it's like the, <laughs> you're like Splenda Jesse Williams. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, what does that mean? because it's like healthier because (laughs) right now people are like not really fucking with jesse you know and so they're like oh but i can fuck with you because you don't have any scandal around you you know like even though jesse is doing the work and like he's creating dope stuff and whatnot like he has scandal attached to him so people feel like ah conflicted but with you it's like this is guilt-free sugar (laughs) (laughs) I get indulgence. So that's not where I was going with it. No? No? <laughs> I appreciate it. Huh. I will be the splendid Jesse the Williams. But um but I was thinking more so like people <laughs> hitting me up who don't want to do the work. And but but and I'm sure people say this to you a lot as well. Um thank you for speaking up <laughs> because I don't know how I would be able to, and I'm like, you can. You can. You can. You say lines, so <laughs> you can say this, too. You can do it, too. Yeah. Um, and even, you know, people without platforms. I don't have the platform. I can't speak up, and I'm scrolling down their page. Like, you ain't said shit. shit about You anything. could repost yeah. what I say. You can repost what somebody else says. Mm-hmm. But um, People just want something to say sometimes, though. Yeah. Thank you so much for, for you doing that work. <laughs> So I get, uh, yeah, I get a lot. I'm of, actually, I actually feel like I'm lucky because I I have a following that's like really active, and that's I amazing. think that they they've really like shown me like okay, it's not in vain. Like the stuff that we talk about and like the work that you're doing, like it does translate. Like I see them going out and you know doing shit in their communities and being a part of really trying to make things happen and it's like okay so we're not all just caught up in the instagram of it all yeah even like selling out smart funny and black on the tour like was to me indicative of like oh y'all like want something different right that actually has meat to it and you're gonna go buy tickets as opposed to just be like girl that's dope but i'm gonna be on this shade room now <laughs> you know what i mean like i'd rather be home just looking at stuff rather than like actually helping to move something forward. But yeah. I think that the, I mean, I want to thank you for the work you're doing. <laughs> you're doing. Um, and I want to thank you for always speaking <laughs> out and saying dope shit. But I do, I, I, I also have some, I will say, you know, I take for granted some of the people that are, are following me um, that are like hardcore activists that are doing a lot more than I'm doing. Right. Um, I will say that and some people that are, come up to me and be like, you know, I'm following you and thank you for it. And I'm like, thank please don't ever you, thank right, me again. Right. Like you but are. It's a, but it's multi-pronged. For sure. I think that sure. like we got to do shit so that those folks also like know that their work isn't in vain and that right. they're being heard, you know? And also it's like, it kind of serves each other. Right. Because if their work isn't getting recognized, then they can't keep doing 
the work in a certain way because it's like I feel like when we can when we can amplify you know it gives more visibility to work that's being done that needs to be done which can also get more funds et cetera, et cetera, more support more armies behind it et cetera, et cetera. which speaks to our next segment that, that one time, time. <laughs> um, and on this segment we, we tell a story in regards to our theme. And since today's theme is side effects of being woke, is there a particular um, experience that you had, either positive or negative, attached to your awareness? Like, I'll, I'll start us off to give you a little heads up. Like, um, I'll actually talk about the Caitlyn Jenner thing because... I have been in this business of entertainment since I was eight. Saxophonic folk. And I <laughs> I hate Kendrick's face. And I don't like what he does with it when he makes faces. Just so we're clear. Um, and I've done so many different things. Like I've been a VJ. I've been a poet. I've done all this stuff. I never would have thought that simply just being woke in a space where it needed to exist would have been kind of like the thing to like catapult my voice to a space of um, acceptance. I won't say recognition because it's more so acceptance because if you're someone like me, like you've been talking like this, but it's almost like people either try and silence it or they try and dismiss it or they act like I'm so misunderstood. You're so misunderstood. I don't understand what you're about. But in that space, it, for some reason, just all the stars aligned, whereas like it gave me the opportunity to like be my full woke self in a way that people received and it wasn't be it wasn't able to mis- to be misconstrued as like, oh, you're trying to show off or oh, you're an angry black woman, which is the big one, right? And it like n- I just never thought that that would be the thing that got people to truly understand like my true passion for for like blackness and for you know, challenging discrimination and for just waking people the fuck up, you know, like I just didn't, I never saw that coming. And it was the only time I've literally ever in my entire life, especially with these internets, I never saw one negative comment. Not one. Like literally I, it, I and I'd I be reading comments and I never saw one negative. I know. I don't know why I do it. It's really masochism, but I never saw one negative comment. And I thought that was like that, that for me was just very encouraging because there are people that will tell us like, nah, you might be talking too much. You know what I'm saying? Or you're, you're being so negative or, you know, you're, you know, is this really where you want to plant your flag? You know? And I think that as performers, you know, there's always kind of like this semblance of, is this going to get in the way of like getting a role or getting sponsorship or whatever? I don't, really care um, because I feel like it's my authentic self and if I can't be that then I don't want to do this but I saw like positive side effects of being woke in a way that I feel like doesn't necessarily happen too often a lot of times I feel like people's side effects of being woke are like you know like they feel like they got ostracized or you know you end up getting written up at work or you know you have a Jamela Hill situation where it's like I'm just literally saying the facts and now I'm being challenged by the presidency and by right. my job <laughs> and it's Attack, like yeah. i'm literally saying just like this is what everybody knows you know and so like t- i feel like that happens so much more and i i was just kind of like blown but appreciative of course but you know you um i feel like you're still like you're in that you're in a space where like people really like they like you you know, and like they don't. Do you feel like a Tinder to help you, or is there a, is there a specific instance where you like a story where you like maybe met somebody that you admired, or you saw the results of something? Because I think that's the other frustrating part of this wokeness is like feeling like you're working in vain sometimes, and then just like you, everybody don't want to get woke. Yeah, no, most people don't. But most people want to stay asleep. Um it's, they think it's easier, but it's not. You're still suffering. <laughs> like, just, I'd rather like. I feel like I'd rather misinformed. know. Yeah, you know. <laughs> and uh, yeah, so no, nah, I, I have. You know, I, I can't. There's so many Don't different situations where I will say that I. I'm saying positive. Mm-hmm. Um, the first one that comes to mind is negative, but it goes po- positive in my opinion. Um, 
but th- like many people that I've met um, that, you know, have thanked me or said something positive to me that I'm like, I didn't think you knew who I was and I didn't think you'd ever know who I was. Um, and these are activists that I'm like, I strongly admire and have like idolized, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, I don't know. There, there's just some, there's been some really cool moments. But I think in it, it, the one moment that came to me that I w- said that I, in my mind, like don't share that, which makes me want to share it more. Yeah. Um, was I, when I was on the Bernie Sanders campaign, which I got a, a lot of flack for, um, uh, I spoke, I did an interview and I was misunderstood um, and had to go back and say, like, to myself, what did I say wrong in this interview? No, I meant everything I said. How did I say it wrong? How, why did I offend people? And then I got attacked by uh, some journalists, some prominent jur- journalists, and um, people that I admire, uh, not a whole lot of them, but three of them, um, that, I, that like Publicly attacked? Yeah. So you're not going to say their names? No, nah, I don't want to Even it that. happened in public? Yeah, I don't want to drag it back up. But they, like, trolled me hard. And, and I was like, instead of, like, seeing a young black dude and, and DMing them and saying, yo, I think that this is how you should do it, I think they handled it wrong. But the thing that I did realize about it is I could correct my mistake and I learned how to, even when you're, you know, considered, quote, woke, Mm-hmm. unquote um that you um you still ha- are going to make mistakes yes and especially when you're speaking up for or uh including a group of people that you're not familiar with if i'm like i'm not muslim mm-hmm. you know and if i want to speak up for muslim people i'm going to say some wrong things yeah if i want to speak up for some trans for trans people i'm going to say the wrong things and then they're going to correct me and then I'm going to take that correction and I'm going to go and tell everybody else yes. not to make that mistake yeah. and learn from my mistakes and hopefully unburden trans community, the trans community with educating people on shit that they shouldn't have to educate people on. Right. Um, and that was a like invaluable lesson um, in how to handle that. Um, but in general, you know, I've I've had like, you know, way too many moments to even pinpoint. You know, I even I met Harry Belafonte. I was gonna say, give us some goddamn moments. What you yeah. mean you got so many you can't name three? <laughs> no, I can I can name a bunch of them. Um, I just meant I, like picking one. Meeting like, Harry Belafonte is like a moment. Is the moment. I, I, I don't really like, fangirl like that, but when I met him, I was like, ah. oh man, and he's like so chill. Yeah, he's just like super chill. Like he literally six foot, told me, seven foot. They were like, foot you want to get a picture with him? I'm like, yeah, absolutely. I want a picture with Harry Belafonte. And he stands up and he he stands next to me and right before the picture, because I don't like to smile because people like will take a picture, especially when they're like Getty images or something like that. They take a picture right when you're like halfway smiling and then they say they do. Can y'all see my face? Because you made that up. They do. No, that's some actory shit that you cooked up. Just (laughs) smile. And then they take no. the picture. I always, I, the the picture that they post is always like the shit, the in-between smile or something like that. So I don't, or I'll look down and do it or something like that. Um, You're so actory. I'm super actory. <laughs> and it's great because then it makes me never date you. And that's, <laughs> I love it. It's like, it's, it's so, it's a repellent and I love it. <laughs> but it's true. It's true for me. Like the pictures that I've seen posted of me when I smile are like, why did you did, do that one? <laughs> um, why would you ever in your life like think that I would be okay with that? Um, and so like I was trying not to smile. I was literally trying not to smile. And it's probably some other like, you know, toxic masculinity kind of bullshit as well but um i tried not to i tried not to smile and he leans over to me and he was like i'll make you look good huh (laughs) and i i laughed and that was the picture (laughs) 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 yo baby smooth he's so smooth and he's so dope and he got up there 90 years old or however old he years i think in 2016 i think he was 90 or 87 i mean pharrell williams is 127 years old so harry belafonte is at least 220 and looks 20 and got up there and was campaigning and was going out i was just like i have no excuse Mm -mm. he was on the stage for an hour 
dude was it was him, Charlemagne, uh Okay, Charla. Charlemagne the guy, um, Bernie Sanders and I think Nina Turner. And I was just like in Harlem at the um Harlem My old stomping grounds. What's the, uh, the Apollo? At the Apollo. I was like, this is That's major. Iconic. Actually that's where I met him too. Wait. He lives there. No. Was I there? <laughs> that's his house. No, I mean, <laughs> that's his house. He lives in the attic. Um, well, I think, though, it's like, it's always dope when we meet those folks because for, for a lot of us, it's like you just are taught history, you know? And, like, you see these images of the 60s, and it's like, it can almost make you think, like, it was a movie, you know? But when you meet people like John Lewis, and you meet people like Harry Belafonte... And you meet Angela Davis and Nikki Giovanni and Elaine Brown. You're like, oh, like I'm. You're like touching them. Like you're like here. Like that that happened, and we're still here, and there's still work to be done. And you're able to like talk about it. Can, do you know who Wyoming Tyus is? No. I I have to say I was blown away today. I went to this thing called Athletes for Impact where they were honoring athletes who've made it impact and like it's a it's a organization but um who've made like so impact on social justice mm -hmm. and i was they were honoring uh john carlos who stood up there and held up his fist yeah. and um made that huge iconic image and statement and was persecuted for it and um it's in here somewhere and he was like I before you know before she leaves, I wanted to honor. They they named an award after him, the John Carlos Award, mm -hmm. and the first person to ever receive it was Wyoming Atias, and and I was like, who is Wyoming Atias? She is the first black woman to compete hundred meter dash in the Olympics, nineteen sixty four. She, they thought she was not going to place. She got the gold. Nah. Then, and she dedicated her um, her award to the women that she trained with, which I can't remember their names right now. But um, and then I believe, and I might be getting the timeline mixed up, but I because I just learned this like on the spot. I'm like, who is this woman? <laughs> Nineteen. Uh, 68 which is the one in mexico city where um uh juan carlos um held his fist up uh apparently she organized other olympians to stand behind them and dedicate their medals to him and since they couldn't after after 1964 olympics she got no press for winning that uh Shade. title um but they couldn't deny that she would she would place right so she qualified again won the gold again what this is I, this I, is another hidden figure this, situation she is a hidden figure and she's still alive and she's still alive and like i hate when i hear these stories she looks I'm young. Like, this is another hidden figure situation where it's like in plain sight and you just were never taught about the person because they never felt like it was important enough for you to know and it was like purposely like sequestered Wyoming Atias, and how do you sequester a name like Wyoming Atias? I was trying to figure out where the name came from. I was trying to say it for you. Got it faster than me. Wyoming Atias sounds like my next clothing line. <laughs> like what? You got Yo, that new Wyoming Atias? I do. I do. It's dope. Yo, they have it's a whole like silk line coming out. It's faux crazy. fur. It's crazy. Vegan leather. I only wear Wyoming, Wyoming Atias when I fly. Is she <laughs> straight out of Atlanta? No, she um she grew up in Georgia. During Jim Crow, she got up there and she said, "I grew up during Jim Crow." I was and like, then I won medals during Jim Crow. The first black, and 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 that reminded me of like, you know, everybody's like, "Oh, black people are the 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 best athletes in the world," and da 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 da. And I'm like, that was while we have amazing athletes who are black, that was something that was created, a false narrative that was created to be able to sell. You know, and you know, um, commodify black bodies. Um, and 
degrade them and make them all this being kind of woke stuff. Being woke is such a bummer sometimes. <laughs> but it That's reminded me. a side me. effect of being woke. Like, but you know, they, no, people think that, pe- that... Y'all aren't the best. They just made that shit up to sell you. <laughs> Fuck. We are the best at a lot of things, but like... It's going to be like runners are going to come from a specific tribe of a specific ethnicity in Africa. It's not going to be you don't see Ethiopians taking over the 100 meter dash, you know. um, But they be doing the marathon, though. They do. But I'm just saying, like, we're not. But you know where the sprinters. Right. No, it's true. You get what I'm saying? But Grenada has sprinters and runners. Okay. Laja Karani. Grenada to the wall. I, I, I wanted to join in, but I <laughs> I, I didn't want to. <laughs> I, I would think I would get it wrong <laughs> and like probably like revert to Jamaica and then no, don't, sound don't. like really because, bad yeah, and yeah. then get because like Americans torn up. Be and, thinking that all West Indians are Jamaican. I, know, I apologize. I haven't been practicing my grenade Grenadian Grenadian there, Grenadian. there it is. Grenadian accent. Yep. There it is. I don't know. Um, then he became Indian real quick. Accent. Well, I apologize. Well, Kendrick, I I commend you, and I um I'm so glad that you were able to come through today and talk about the side effects of being woke. And I'm glad that for you, the side effects have been very positive because uh, I think it can be very taxing. And trying, especially when we're like kind of leading like these double lives. We're like in this one business where it's like not woke at all. And then we're over here in this like country that's also like not woke at all. And so your energies are really being utilized uh, and drained on a regular basis. And um, but I know I'll speak for you that I thank all of you all out there who who do show support and who do do the work and who do um, also just like represent the the stuff that needs to get done so that you know everybody feels like we have to keep going you know because it's not all up to one person it's not all up to one group of people and um it's just it's wokeness is it's just it's tiring it just really is i mean it that's the irony of the word woke like you're tired you know and some of y'all are so woke that you're uh, you're actually sleepwalking and um i call those no taps not ho taps no taps. And when they come on my Instagram, they're troll taps. So that's a whole other thing. <laughs> but thank you so much for coming. And I can't wait for people to find out, um, you know, the mysterious uh, way that we have come into each other's lives. Uh, and I can't wait for you to come back on Smart Funny and Black and, like, show up on time. <laughs> I, I will. And get sleep and set several alarms. And, um, yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he overslept, y'all. That's the reason. All right. <laughs> I do have insomnia. I will say that. At least that. But I did. You know why, I, though? I fucked up. You know why you got insomnia? Because you, you woke. woke all the time and don't sleep. But would we rather be tired and woke? Or tired, I am tired and woke. Or tired and not woke? No, I would rather be tired and woke. Absolutely. Because ignorance is not bliss. <laughs> that was a high five. Ignorance is not bliss. Ignorance is just ignorance. <laughs> That's what it is. And it's and the reality is that it doesn't last forever. And if you are willfully ignorant, then you know, you are hurting other people, including yourself. And I don't think that's something that most people actually want to do. So shout out to Kendrick for helping to educate us and inform us. And uh, we're going to wrap this up when we come back. The last dose. When it boils down to it, wokeness is simply about trying your best to try your best. And I think that's really where people get it mixed up. You know, that when I say that, it means being aware of all the things that are going on in the space of oppression. This is not interchangeable with, you know, white people knowing about, like, their own personal struggle. That's not what that's about. And I think it's important to acknowledge that because words like this, you know, they get stripped of their power and of their meaning when they get uh, homogenized into something generic. The word woke is really about being aware of all the things that are in your way that are based on oppressive means and trying your best to try your best to keep up with that and challenge it consistently. And you have to stay abreast of those things, as we say, stay low, stay firing, because they change and they affect you. And it, it is tiring. 
It is tiring. It can seem like thankless work and a fruitless effort. Um, but the, one of the things to me that is the most depressing existence on this earth is one without purpose. And at least when you feel like you can make a change, it may not seem like the change that completely like shuts everything down. It may not be apocalyptic, but it may make this person's life a little easier. It may make your life a little easier, you know, and it may bring joy to someone's space. And I think like part of our understanding of wokeness is about the fact that we have to understand the overarching world that we and space that we're in and what came before us and what's going to come after us and where we are right now and that we're really just these beings on this pale blue dot and the universe is so much bigger than we can ever conceptualize and it's so much older than we can even fathom and it's got so many more mysteries than we can even consider but what we do know we have to work with and what we do know we have to change and what we do know we have to challenge that is what it is to be woke to know that there are things in place that are not okay and that you, by just being here, have the capacity to be a part of making them right. I wish you all the best. Let's all stay awake. Let's all do our best. And let's not get too stressed out in the process. But if the shit go down, you know what to wear because we are the dashiki chic and not one of us had to go shopping for Black Panther. It's a good show! <laughs>